didn't tell you to stop playing. <laughs> We're gonna need a big show. We're gonna need a bigger, 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 bigger. We're gonna need a big show. We're gonna need a bigger show with Mike. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to We're Gonna Need a Bigger Show, episode 49. 49ers. Can somebody Woo. echo nine for me? Nine. 49. Nine, 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 nine. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm gonna scoot that closer to you. Oh, excellent. Today is a very special episode of Bigger Show. We're doing an all drummer panel of. I guess a movie review of the movie mm. Whiplash, yes, which we've all seen within like the past day. Today, or so. yeah, yeah, I saw it yesterday. <laughs> Sandwich between things, yeah, but it was awesome. I'm glad you guys could all make some time for this. So, yeah. to my left is hi, I'm Kate, <laughs> returning champion Kate Neff. Yeah, <laughs> Kate, um, what's your history with uh, drums and percussion? Um, well, when I was 13, I wanted a drum set. And I got a guitar, and <laughs> not get drums until later, a few years later. And I played a bit here and there. I never had drum lessons, mm-hmm. but um, I started playing in a band called Christlove like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was originally playing bass, but my friend Carter wanted me to play drums because yeah. he liked the way I played. And that's about it. I mean, I still play here and there. Cool. Yeah. All right. And straight ahead of me is... Jacob Umberger. (laughs) (laughs) No, my name is Quentin Thornton. Uh, Also returning returning champion, Quentin Thornton. (laughs) Yes, yes. So how long have you been playing? I know you probably went through your whole history. Forever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I've been playing drums since I was 15. And now I'm 28, mm-hmm. so that's 13 years, I guess. Yeah. Did you do school band? Like, have you taken private lessons? Or did you do school band? Was it formal? No lessons. Okay. No. Um, but then I, I really wanted a drum set, and I was 12, and I got a drum set, and I didn't know how to do anything. Didn't have anybody to show me anything, and somebody showed me like the one, two, three, four, like the bass, two, snare, four. You know, yeah, just yeah. a real straight. <laughs> The old school stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All so, you really need to know. <laughs> right. And so somebody taught me that, and then like, I was trying to do like a syncopated beat or something after I'd been playing for a little while, and I couldn't get it. I'd only been playing for like a couple weeks, and it really just pissed me off. And so I like smashed my drum set. Yeah. And uh, it was like, I'm never going to play these again. You put, them, you put them... By the way, we should go ahead and say that we're probably going to spoil the crap out of this movie. So oh, we if, have to. Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet and see you mind that, this may, be, this may be the time to stop. But anyway, I was about to say, you, like <laughs> Andrew, you, you put your drums in the closet. Yeah. Yeah, you and slept somewhere besides the practice room. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I, I really didn't get that into it right off the bat. Like I was just a kid, you know. It was just like, oh, this is hard. I don't want to do this. It just frustrated me. You know, I probably had undiagnosed ADHD and probably yeah. still do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So um, didn't play for like three years. Was Fifteen. Uh, all of a sudden, the church that I grew up going to, there was somebody in there that had brought a drum set and crammed them behind uh, the organ. Uh, which my mom played and i was just sitting down in the audience and like i can i could do that right there you know like tapping it out and, and figuring it out and uh the guy was there for maybe three weeks and uh he left early uh, during a service to go to a family reunion 
and uh he was gone to the family reunion and uh there was nobody to play the drums as everybody was walking out of the building and they started playing like i'll fly away just you know real straight mm-hmm. and i was like i can do this uh, the bass snare bass snare i was tapping this out earlier yeah and it was a small church i mean we, we probably had 150 people there but like it felt small to me i'd always grown up there and uh i just went up there and started playing and, and sat down and started playing and uh I've been playing on stage ever since. You know, you're at a church and they're like, oh, this kid almost knows what he's doing. So let's put yeah, him yeah. on stage in front of people every week. I've been making a living playing drums ever since like I was 18, whenever I moved out on my own. I very seldomly, but on occasion, do some studio work that I get paid for. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And to my right is... Shondell McFall. I've known Sean since I was 14. It's since before I started playing the drum set. Yeah, I I think we officially met um, when freshman year. Yeah, freshman year of high school. I've known I, you since middle school. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Even though we went yeah. to different high schools, I yeah. did not realize yeah. that Kate and Sean knew each other. Yeah. We're we're all from the <laughs> Columbia Spring Hill area, you mm-hmm. know. So, and where did you grow up, Quentin? I'm an outsider. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about it. You walked into a trap. Oh no. Um, this is what I told you about that gang initiation. Yeah, before. that's true. I was asking you if I was going to get jumped in on the way, and you said the gang's all inside. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, here you are. We're dangerous. We're from oh, Columbia. Okay. Um, yeah. So, talk a little bit about your percussion upbringing. Uh. Well, I started playing drums since I was six. Well, initially I didn't start playing drums when I was six. I had a love for drums when I was six. Oh, I need to speak. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm repositioning this. It's all good. Ah, not mic friendly. (laughs) Um, I had a, I developed a uh, passion for drums. Uh, I remember hearing uh, a Max Roach, like, oh yeah, like, Man, and it like blew me away. And my dad had already—he'd always been into drums, and he was in a band in our um, like neighborhood, like him and a lot of like my cousins' dads. Um, and I wanted to play drums for a long time. The funny thing was, is in the sixth grade, I went to Columbia Academy. Um, the first instrument I ever played was clarinet. So, okay, my brother played drums, and if anybody you know, you know Quan. Um, we decided that both those instruments were boring and we switched and from there it was like all she wrote like i um i got my first drum set uh when i was 12 um and uh i annoyed the piss out of my grandparents um uh, that's maybe why you didn't get one, yeah. Kate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they because of his grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> they are uh, they didn't I don't know. It was it was really awesome because uh, um, I think drums for me, in a sense, um, at the time when I was a kid, it was like a really cool outlet because I had a lot of energy and I just I, I was annoying and I had to put my energy somewhere. So <laughs> drums were my exactly. thing. Um, as I got older, uh, I played with different people and um, a lot of different bands. I played in a. a well, um, notably, I've played in three bands that actually did some things. Yeah. Um, uh, I was in a band called They Say We Were Ghosts, and um, we uh, we had a pretty good run for a couple years. My favorite memory associated with They Said We Were Ghosts was that one time I went to one of your shows 
with a guy named Travis Archer. Oh, God. And he got mule kicked in the balls by a guy wearing nothing but boots and boxer yes. shorts. Oh, that's awesome. I do remember that. I do remember that. I, um, other than that, uh, two other bands I was in, I had recently quit um, because I had a son. And uh, they were on like a pretty big touring schedule. Um, uh, one was Courtesy Drop and another is Cove. Um, they just released a self-titled record uh, and Courtesy Drop, another band I was in with this a guy named Paul Chalos and Zach Hinkle they just put out a record a new record called Stabilize and it's it's awesome if you've not listened to that band it's not because I was in it but just because the music is sad and it makes you want to like cut yourself <laughs> yeah. and it's awesome you gotta love your own music yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a question have you mm-hmm. ever taken your son out to dinner or lunch and tried to break up with him because you wanted to practice more (laughs) (laughs) there's um i had a (laughs) that's a good question oh man so uh, um well if you really did please don't tell me no (laughs) um we can't continue this yeah (laughs) we had a i had i was supposed to play for this uh friend of mine's band uh called muir and um the funny thing is that day uh my kid's mom couldn't get my you know i had to like have my kid all day and i was supposed to practice with them so i brought him to practice Mm -hmm. wow like let me tell you a two and a half year old in like an environment with like uh post ambient like like sort of metal did you use earplugs i had like these like little baby cams on his head and he didn't understand what was going on he just was like that's that's awesome. Awesome. Gotta start him young, man. Oh yeah. 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 He, he he wanted to play really bad and that's it was awesome. it was really awesome. It was it was probably the best worst experience because it was really loud, so he was freaking out, but when everything calmed down and he was like, Oh yeah, cool. Let me play with this guy's six hundred dollar guitar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. I wanna make noises too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say the best experience I've had with playing drums is um playing in a band. I mean, that's just mm-hmm like playing shows it's it's so it's liberating um nothing nothing beats that energy the the 45 minutes you're on stage it's uh, it's ridiculous and uh, just playing i got 45 minutes oh i I don't mean to you know no horns (laughs) here not tooting anything (laughs) that's an interesting that you bring up the band dynamic because that is utterly absent from uh this movie because it's not it's not about that i mean i'm not saying it should have but it's not about being in a group of like. There, did you even did you see that part where he's? I forget what he was doing. He's like flipping through a magazine or something, or it was just one of his buddy Rich things. But it was like this quote that was like, "If you don't practice, you'll end up in a, a rock band." Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did y'all did y'all take? I caught that. that. Well, no, because I, I know that all those people that are like serious jazz musicians can blow me out of the water like for real uh think about um i I mean i feel like i could do that stuff eventually if i work towards it i just don't know where to start with something like that i was never given lessons or anything like that but i feel like what i do fits the music that i you know help write and be a part of and and it makes me feel good and a lot of people dig it so I didn't mention my band name earlier. Check out the Acorn People and also <laughs> yeah. the Water Fight. The Fight of Water and the yes. Acorn People. Okay. Yeah. Um, Music. But, um, yeah, that's what I, it's. Uh, well, just real quick. I've, I, my history with drums and percussion is I, I played like 
marimba and xylophone through middle school and high school and then started playing drum set when i was like 15 can you play piano because of that Eh, does it help really. you like make chords and it's, stuff it's like a really big piano but it doesn't teach you anything okay because yes. i know the people you, that play with like two in, in yeah, a hand you can do that but that's a really it's an acquired thing honestly yeah, sure. and you know it's t- if you're holding two two mouths in each hand that's four versus ten right so it's like a different that's true it's different in pretty much every way i, <laughs> I actually took piano lessons later on and it just isn't I don't have that kind of coordination. Yeah, but finger coordination is way different than swinging a stick at a target. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, four-way coordination and versus ten-way, or yeah. whatever, however you want to classify. Too many digits. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I've taken, you know, like percussion lessons. So not exactly drum set lessons. And then at MTSU, I took a year of jazz. Oh, that's awesome. So in some ways. When he says double time swing, I, I mean I know what that means at least, and I know. Of course, how. you did theory, right? I didn't do actually. Kate <laughs> did theory. I did not. I, I like I can read music I don't know and how. stuff. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> That's you survived. That's the point. Kate and I met in a music theory course, which That's I eventually cool. was like, screw this. But you finished the program. Yeah, right? and yeah. Well, it started out. It was four classes. Like beginning one and two, and then advanced one and two, and I was in the very last advanced class, and it started out with like twenty five people in the class, mm-hmm. and by the end of it, there were three people. That wow. just shows I was hanging you. in there. Was, it, was it a hard course, or was the teacher a prick? Oh, the combo. Mostly. It's always yeah. <laughs> it's always from my personal experience always been a combination of those two yeah but sometimes it it's the teacher. Uh, I feel like it's it's probably more the teacher than anything because I think. If there's a really good teacher in a class, the people that are there to learn are going to learn. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, compared to if there's a teacher that's just, you know, being a bully for no reason or something like that. Speaking of teachers being bullies, yeah, yeah. Uh, back to this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that was crazy. Uh, he, he threw that chair at him, like, right off the bat. Like, I had seen a preview, and I, I saw, like, oh, the kid's going to get a, th- a chair thrown at him. It'll probably be towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, right off the bat, like... Oh, that's how this right. is going to go. It was so, like so. Uh, it was all mental abuse, like uh, and control, like socket control. Using that's there. exactly. It was very much drill. So, I mean, I was definitely thinking of Full Metal Jacket. And, Dude, yeah. I was going to say that, like literally. Military. So, so to start off, before we really delve into everything, what would you guys give this movie? Like almost aside from your interest you may have had in it as a drummer and a musician, what kind of letter grade would you give it? You know, F to A to F or whatever. Sean, I will go first. Um, you look like you were thinking the hardest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I I can give it an A, an A in the sense of the authenticity of like um, jazz enthusiasts because I love jazz and um, I really feel like it hit home as far as like uh, the way it was represented to like the jazz culture. I mean, because it was, I mean they they brought up some like really awesome points like music wise, and I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is. You know, like if if this, I'm not sure if the the movie was focused on the aspect of music, but if it was, then it hit it hit the mark. Like like it just blew it out the frame. Um, other than that, you know, J.K. Simmons yelling all the time with his like copious amounts of insults, it like was yeah pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say an A. So. Okay, Quentin, uh, I can I say that I like J.K. Simmons as a comedian, but I love whenever he plays like. A terrible person 
Mm-hmm. For real, has anybody seen Oz on HBO oh, as yeah. a prison show? He was like a Nazi rapist. Oh, like uh, <laughs> it was crazy, and he was like just, he rapes Nazis. No, no, like he was a Nazi guy, but like he was the head of the of the like white supremacist group in the prison. And he was this terrible person, mm-hmm. like underworld stuff, like having people shanked and stuff like that. And uh, he was just an evil, evil bad guy. And he would, like, rape the kids that come in there, like the young boys and stuff like that, and just be really insulting. And so this just made me feel like, oh, I know this hate. <laughs> I've felt this before for you, JK. I love the guy. I think he's an awesome actor. He just can portray that so well that I'm the bad guy, and I don't, well, ca- I don't can, care what you think. I get the feeling that he relishes the villain role, yeah. which is essentially, like, he's a sympathetic villain in this movie. I feel oh, like. in this movie, no, he's way sympathetic, and Ozzy was not, well, I don't know, they can twist anything around. Sure. Uh, HBO. It's not TV. <laughs> it's not TV, buddy. <laughs> um, but no, I, I thought uh, that single-mindedness, like, I'm going to practice till I bleed, I'll put a Band-Aid on it, because I want to finish this, you know, mm-hmm. and that just drive to just like oh i gotta get this now it's like i've had those like bleeding wounds on my hands just from like oh this one simple thing that i can't get down or something like that and just go and wail on the drums for hours especially whenever you're first learning and you know you get the calluses on your hands oh man it's great (laughs) or you or you play a lot of shows in a row like three or four shows like a few days apart or something and it's just it wears in there but uh that I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Oh, I'm late for the show. I better speed there and get the sticks and speed back. Burrow Fondo. <laughs> we were opening up at that. And yeah. like I sped home. Like Philip gave me his car keys. I didn't speed. I didn't break the speed limit. But I was <laughs> I was probably going five over. I don't, I don't want to get pulled over, but I was yeah, yeah. I was definitely like in a super hurry. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that guy that gets like, no, that hit, was bad. Hit by a semi. Yeah, hit by a semi. That's we'll, not. We'll talk about the. Um, to me, that's where the movie got fantastical, but we'll we'll get there later. What, yeah. what about your? What's your letter grade for it, though? What do you? Oh, think? for a musician, A plus. Okay. Like if if you're a musician, especially a drummer uh, or a jazz enthusiast at all, or somebody that's interested in music like that, you're gonna love it. If you're somebody who would rather not learn about music, and you know. I don't know. Some people don't like music. Some people like football and stuff. I'll be back in a second. Keep talking. <laughs> yes. I lost uh, my train of thought completely. What's your... So... Oh, wait, wait, wait. B plus for non-music enthusiasts or musicians. Because it's still dr- really dramatic and you can get get along with the characters. Um, you know, it. he does play a sympathetic villain. Like, you can still relate. I think people could still relate, even if they're not into music like that or, you know, whatever. They have different interests. Still a B plus, A plus for musicians. Cool. Um, yeah, no, I'm gonna kind of go off what you just said about like people who may not be into it for the the music aspect of it. Because I kind of saw like we were talking about before we started like story arcs a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of could see comparisons to other, you know, like actually I thought of Black Swan kind of. Okay, I haven't that, seen like, that, but I do get that. There's that obsessive. Yeah, there's the intensity with the you know, like the character who's trying really hard to to do their absolute best, and then you've got the instructor who's you know being really overbearing and cruel, mm-hmm. and like that. I, that immediately, I, th- I thought about that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, it's just something that a lot of people come in contact 
with on a daily basis whether they play music or not sure um but you know i i think as far as enjoying it and i i think i think it kept its intensity pretty well like it didn't fall flat Mm -hmm. um at any point for me and i was kind of like you know like my muscles will tense up yeah. when I'm watching a good movie at the end, especially I was like, Ugh. yeah. Um, and honestly, <laughs> I thought someone was gonna die, <laughs> yeah. Because I always think that when I watch a movie, I'm like, who's gonna die? I thought the kid was gonna snap and like. <laughs> I thought I was like, thought, that, like well, some, somebody did die though. You just yeah. never saw that's them. true. That's yeah. true. Um, but I'm gonna give it a B. I'm gonna give it a B. Well, that's interesting, because yeah. you guys have brought up my grade. I was hovering... I had... I liked a lot a lot of it. And if I'm thinking strictly in terms of C is average, A is excellent, F is terrible, you know, that kind of thing. I was hovering... Before we started talking, I was hovering more around the C-plus range, but now I'm thinking more B, because you guys have made some good points, and the problems I have with it are more... Um, Maybe they're nitpicky in mm-hmm. a way, and we'll get to all that stuff eventually. The C but, the C people thought Drumline was a better movie, so probably okay. Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen Drumline. Wow, yeah, <laughs> that, I remember that was a big deal when we were in high school. It was, and um, I, I maybe I felt I was in Pit, man. I didn't think I should. If y'all don't know, Pit is the non-marching. Uh, Percussion yeah, uh, stuff. It's it's where they put all the grunts that yes. want to still play drums. <laughs> <laughs> or if you is that my wife? We're gonna pause for a second. Mystery person, Nick Cannon. Oh yeah, uh, Nick Cannon and Drumline. Hilarious. <laughs> he's hilarious. <laughs> he is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed out on Drumline. You think I would have seen it, but I didn't. I, I I will say this much before we go any further. I saw Drumline and. I hated it, and I only hated it because of everything it like it like downplayed about percussion. Yeah, and it was like a marching band aspect, but like I was just like, man, they need to make an awesome movie about drums mm-hmm. and something. And then they did, and they made Whiplash, and I was really happy. But yeah, that's what I felt too. It was like it was really edgy, and uh, yeah, well, it was a really good movie. Yeah, but for all you people that saw Drumline, go see Whiplash. <laughs> I promise you, it's better. So. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, especially the drum stuff. I mean, it's so intricate and like just as a drum nerd, I mean, if you play drums, definitely go see the movie. Yeah. Just because I was getting off on just seeing all this crazy drum stuff that mm-hmm. I I have no idea on how to do, and it just like I went home and practiced as soon as I got as soon as I got a minute. You know, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go try this thing that I was thinking about a long time ago and never really finished. I just think- because the guy was it was it was intensely motivating. I felt like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it. Um- it's interesting the way it portrayed just the madness of yeah. like just when they would show all like the quick cuts of the charts and stuff. Uh-huh. I was like, that's how I feel. That's how I felt in formal music settings. Oh, yeah, <laughs> with you know, with your sheet music and everything else. It just it felt like I can't do this. I'm not. I'm, Everybody was so replaceable. Like, yeah, that was that was something that like that would be terrible. I you know exactly. That that was, that was like terrible. a big part of of the dynamic was you know what's what's going to happen to this kid who's actually important what is jk simmons you know him as a as a conductor what's his actual goal you find out later (laughs) or is he just really enjoying being a bully because like i don't know if it like the ending you know 
yay mental abuse it works you know like yeah, exactly yeah. The, the, the ending i did like the fact it was prob- problematic because it didn't nobody like i said jk simmons was a villain but he wasn't unrelatable yeah he made his point. You understood where he's coming from, and you understood. It was just, it's was, kind of a I steep like point. The, the chaotic um, good guy, like sure, yeah. I, I guess that was that could be but the right term. But. Do you not feel that he takes it too far at all? I mean, I it seems kind of crazy I, at times. Well, I, from from an aspect of like knowing musicians that like are really intense like that, like um, I've got a few friends that that they play, you know, really like every day, and and if they don't, they do something wrong, they go they like they'll throw a fit and it's yeah yeah it's, it's like well it, i can understand that but like the very first practice the kid get a chair thrown at him and slapped in the face like oh man trying to keep time like well yeah, humiliated is one thing like call me out you know get everybody to be upset with me or make me look bad but like slapping me in the face to help me keep time cam no yeah. <laughs> I feel like cam, well cam's the only one that's going to really identify with this but didn't J.K. Simmons not remind you a little bit of Mr. Brown from like. I was gonna bring up yeah Philip Blythe Brown yeah <laughs> Philip Brown <laughs> conducted our high school band. Never, never do I remember anything getting thrown, but this was a large, essentially a walking heart attack, like yeah. a large man with blood pressure probably just astronomical. Constantly downing sun drops and huh? sucking down cigarettes. Yes. And when something wasn't going the way he wanted it to go, he tended to blow up pretty quickly and get so red in the face that you thought he was going to explode. <laughs> and again, nobody ever. I think people were called things like dingbats. Yeah. And we had the dumbest. <laughs> maybe not dingling. That would have been awesome. We had the dumbest brick award. I remember that much. Yeah, we did have the dumbest brick award. <laughs> what is that? Or dumb as a brick award. The, anyone who did the most bonehead thing during like the band year, yeah, like, got this award, and it was, I don't know, it was really like if you repeatedly screwed up a marching maneuver or whatever, <laughs> you eventually got the dumbest brick. It was like in in jest. It yeah. wasn't like you're really dumb. Yeah, but it was. It you was messed up. Up. You, yeah. well, I mean, you think those people practice that harder? <laughs> Oh, I would have done as a brick award next year. No, yeah, yeah. The, I, in the instance of him uh, being similar to J.K. Simmons, it's like he's got that he's got that like temper, but like Mr. Brown, like really knew what he was talking about, which is the crazy part. I mean, he was like a good band director; like mm-hmm. he wasn't crappy. I mean, like he, you know, we had. I mean, you were there. We had like um, <laughs> we had some pretty awesome show themes and um, except for Les Mis I wasn't a big fan of that but, sure but I don't know that's personal. I had a band director that, that had blown up a few times on us I mean we were kids like I said I was like either 4th and 5th or 5th and 6th grade like the yeah, couple wow. years that he was there that's a hard job yeah Andy Adzema well he did he wanted to do it like he just taught music and stuff and he took on all, he, he was great like he just really loved music and wanted people to learn and um, like my school didn't have a marching band like it's K through 12 school like public school and this music teacher really came in and tried to mix things up and change things around I remember we had like a karaoke contest in the school so all the kids got to sing and um, really cool guy but anyways uh, you know everybody's got a fuse and I remember this kid Sam was just like I don't know he's a goofball just trying to get people to laugh the whole time and uh, he played bass drum, 
<laughs> it was like really really simple music stuff so he had maybe like a a single note on like the one count on a, on a four four beat or something like that and um he was just like smashing the heck out of the drum just rearing back as hard as he could and like Ugh, like hitting it really insanely hard like a picture fell off the wall yeah <laughs> um uh, but it didn't fall off the wall whenever sam hit the drum yeah. It fell off the wall whenever Andy Adzema, the the teacher of the class, who was awesome, but mm-hmm. he was fed up and he was like, "No, Sam, you know, just screaming at the top mm-hmm. of his lungs in this kid's face, like, not like that, like this." And he just started smashing, <laughs> boom, boom, just as hard as he could, just like I guess trying to show him, like, this is what you look like, or yeah, yeah, I don't know, man, but like, picture came off the wall. All the kids were like, <gasps> yeah. you know, it, it was awesome. <laughs> it was mentioning awesome. mentioning just the anger and the fury that can sometimes go along with music and practicing music and oh, yeah. you know, trying to get other people to do what you want them to do. Uh, the part where he's like, he's really practicing the, you know, the, yeah. the he's just going and going. It, it's like all the bleeding's happening and stuff. And he's just going, shit, fuck, shit, you yeah. know, like really getting, I was like, I've been that person. When I was around that age, you know, 19, 20, 21, I was practicing pretty hard. And um, I remember being that person that would eventually get to that point where I just I hated myself. Like I couldn't I couldn't do the thing I wanted to do. Oh, yeah. I wasn't as awesome as I wanted to be or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever like kicked over drums or anything, but or punched through a snare head, which I don't even know is possible. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's just... if you know how I've one time just tried to stab a stick through a snare head because the, the, yeah. the head was done and I was like ah whatever it's, and it's really hard so the fact that he punched through it I was like okay I played serious. I played with this band the third grade haters and uh, <laughs> we were we were Oak Ridge yeah we were Oak Ridge uh, Knoxville bass band and uh, we used to knock like all our instruments like we would get one of those first act guitars yeah and include that like and how much we got paid like we made sure like we had extra hundred dollars on getting paid like Mm -hmm. places in east tennessee pay really good or at least they did whenever i was around and um we would get that money to go towards like one of those really cheap guitars and they would pack it full of like baby powder and uh screw the back back on and then they would, you know, break the guitar at the end, and I would always just, like, knock over my drums. Yeah. And I had pretty pretty decent cymbals and stuff, so we would always have, like, stuff sitting off to the side, like uh, curtains hanging up or something yeah, yeah. to kind of catch everything. And, but I would totally obliterate, like, my drums and just knock them all over and stuff. And one time uh, we were playing the show, and the first little um, part of the bass drum, like, the first layer came undone, and I was like, oh, the bass drum's ruined. I'm going to have to get a new one. Yeah. So at the end of the show, I kicked over the drums and just stomped my foot through the mm-hmm. through the bass drum now that was a lot easier you know the bass drum's a lot bigger it's got a lot more give to it yeah yeah and i, I had all the weight of my leg and body you know but yeah, you just, it, it was awesome people in the audience were just like <gasps> those were the best those were the best reactions on those shows was like whenever we didn't get cheered until like we were out of the building yeah i remember one time we played and uh did that and knocked everything over and it was just dead silence until we got out like the i was walking out i was went outside to my car to cool down i didn't want to be around anybody after you know even though it's like planned like i'm gonna knock my kid over and smash this thing on the stage that we planted earlier it's like you really get into it and it's like just anger and rage and it felt so good (laughs) but i didn't want to be around anybody go to my car cool off and stuff and all the way out the door in the back and the door's closing and i just hear one guy i was like 
Woo! And he started cheering, and then everybody went, you know, like started cheering real loud and stuff, and that was a really good feeling. Bands double as performance artists. Yeah. That's true. Well, drums break, but yeah, the punching a fist through it. I have weak arms, I guess. I, yeah, I just feel like, that, or, like that would tear my shoulder out or something. Yeah, he just, I cannot imagine. He just Bruce Bannered that. Yeah. So I feel like this is as good a time as any to mention what I was talking about, the more fantastical elements of the movie and when I was kind of like, uh, yeah. uh, what? The whole, first of all, you can't run a car if you're 21. Or however old he was. Yeah, that's so how, old was, do you, how old do you have to be? You have to be twenty five to rent a car. Oh, so there's that. But I don't then, think, yeah, I don't think that's true. Is it not? I know. I mean, that, he was in New York though. That's yeah. That's, I don't know. Maybe the it's laws there. Maybe, yeah, I think. Okay, that's right. my uh, Stephanie says you have to pay more, but you can get it earlier. <clears throat> I mean, you can rent a hotel okay. room at eighteen. This is like an insurance thing. Okay. Probably. Okay. The more you know. Uh, yeah. Um, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the trope of the sudden car crash. But there's part know. of me that's getting sick of the sudden car crash in yeah. movies. At least it's, that one was like that's out how of nowhere. It's not like you I saw knew it that coming. was going to happen when he's rushing in his car. He's like, I can't talk about it again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, um, but yeah. then For, foreshadowing. <coughs> but then the seatbelt on. I don't think so. He would have not. Yeah, yeah. He probably so, would have died. But then he his his Ford Taurus, which is uh, upended, you know, sitting on the roof. He crawls out. Dude's like, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And he runs off. <laughs> he grabs the sticks out of the car first. He grabs the sticks out of the car, which was what he went to go get in the first place, uh-huh. and runs off to the concert. There are no consequences for any of this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Where, like, that's what I was thinking was like all this stuff happened where he got charged for leaving the scene of an accident, yes. and he got charged for you know the causing the wreck probably, and you know he's and got, got all these assault, consequences. And then he assaults his instructor. No consequences for that. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. The instructor was assaulting him. It's kind of like all right. We'll just keep this quiet he between didn't us. Press charges. Yeah. Or something. Maybe. I don't know. But the the car wreck thing for yeah. sure. I, yeah. I will say. From a personal standpoint of actually being in a car wreck, keep the one non-fantastical part of that whole thing is the amount of adrenaline you must have had going through him. Oh to yeah, that's able true. To get out of your car, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, yeah, you uh, definitely feel like Superman after being in a car wreck, and then after you know the adrenaline goes away, you're like, ah, no, I'm not Superman anymore. Mm-hmm. My muscles feel like crap. Mm-hmm. But um, well, that was why you know he, he plays play. he plays yeah. the show and he kind of gives out. Yeah, that's that's. I was like, wow, that's cool how they sort of like made that seem a little realistic you know because mm-hmm. he should be dead you know mm-hmm. well but then again i was thinking like maybe this stuff is is happening but we just don't know about it because they never bring it up but like i'm because in my head i was thinking so now he's in litigation probably yeah, but that can get drug out for a couple of years before you, you sure it's just court. the fact that it wasn't mentioned yeah i guess it felt like it yeah felt the dad like, could have been like and now you got these charges for this wreck and stuff and, and now you want to play with this guy again at this show exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly there's no that's that's another thing that i kind of had a problem with was essentially jk simmons's character fletcher mm-hmm. yeah he essentially has the same job after it all happens 
after he gets indicted or whatever, yeah, he's yeah. still in charge of young people in a band. Oh, yeah, that's true. Which is what he got fired from in the first place. Well, what about that basketball coach that was throwing chairs at people? What's that guy's name? Yeah, Bobby Knott from yeah, Indiana. Yeah, they, he got rehired how many times at how many different schools? Really? He's a good coach. He wins. Like, oh, it's, Maybe? I, I feel like, though, that whole JVC thing was, was not connected to the school, and that's how... Yeah, because I mean, that's what it... With, Fletcher's like, I mean, he plays, he gigged around. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, based off of him playing that live show, is that he's a well respected musician in his community. So people are going to be well like, enough to be written on the chalkboard, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's important. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, I don't know. It's as far as like them not mentioning all those little minor things. It just. I, I wish they would have, but at the same time, I feel like that that dead space of them not mentioning it is something that people catch on to. Yeah, you're, you're fill not, in the gaps yourself. Not like a sort of see. That's what I'm saying. Is you talk, you guys talking about it makes kind of made me pull back a little bit because when I walked out of the theater, I was like, I liked it, but X X and X, no. and those were those things that I just I kind of felt like taken out of the movie. But mm, I, I thought, but, I, but I thought, yeah, I thought they all could have still been there. Like, sure, they didn't need to be mentioned again because, as far as I felt, I was like, yeah, he's screwed now. He's in trouble for this, that, and the other. You know, especially like leaving the scene of a wreck and then mm-hmm. um, all that stuff. So while it, it felt like it could have been there for me, like I was already, I was just putting it all in there, I guess, and just making my own story in the backlog. Like, oh, they didn't mention this, so it must be happening like this. Sure. Um, what this is a really interesting question. What do you guys think about first of all the assertion that there are no more two dangerous words in the English language and good job and the argument uh, that they have at the dinner table over like I'd rather be dead at thirty four and people talking about me than wealthy at ninety and nobody ever remember me, that kind yeah. of thing. What, um, like Let's 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 go in order here. Let's Sean first on that. Um, as far as the dinner dinner table scene, um, the fact that they didn't go into more detail about the rest of the family, all you knew is like what they did, mm-hmm. like where they went to school or whatever. Like I, I feel like that could have been discussed a little bit better, but um, I don't know. I feel like they captured that whole like pretentious. I want to be a the great musician mm-hmm. attitude from him like like oh you know like like that's somebody his age you know he aspires to be something great i feel like that's one of those stages you go through as a musician where you're like well i want to do this thing and and everything else is stupid and i am doing this yeah. thing and yeah. i'm better for i i i think you're on on point with that because that is kind of the attitude you take if you're really good at something and you're 19 yeah like oh, yeah. you're kind of a jerk yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but then again, like, they weren't paying him any attention. Like, yeah. it, it, it seemed... But I, I can understand happy parents. Like, I want to talk about my kids, you know? Yeah. And that's... And he... Uh, with that, you know, it's... I mean, he felt undermined, you know? I mean, it's... I mean, that's... I mean, what what teenager isn't going to feel, like, in a position where they're like, oh, well, I'm threatened by these other people with all these other credible, yeah. you know, things that they're doing? Um as far as like uh, that quote, how, how's the music thing going? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and then they, he says something I, about it, and, and then they just interrupt it. him. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. can't tell you how many times I've heard that like phrase. How's the music thing? Like, and yeah. I'm like, wow, I identify with you guys. How's like, your band? How's your band doing? How's <laughs> band stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like that quote though, um, 
I don't know. I've never really heard anyone say that, and it's for me. I feel like the worst word anyone can say is "you suck," but I mean that's an opinion. So I mean, mm-hmm. and good job is, I guess, still an opinion. So it's I don't know. I really feel like you're. I don't know. I don't know it's, how. To- yeah, Fletcher's character would probably say that "you suck" would be infinitely more helpful than yeah. "good job." Yeah. You know, I can understand his line of thinking at least. Like, even if I don't agree with how he achieved his goals, like, um, I can understand that because I mean, you, I know that personally, I'm my own worst critic. You know, I've had shows that people are like, "Oh, great job, man! You sounded good," and I'm thinking, "Man, that was the sloppiest show I've ever played." You have no idea, and I don't feel as good after those shows. Yeah, you know what I mean, but. That that is what drives me in practice. You know, whenever everybody's hot and tired, and we've already been practicing for an hour or something, and it's like, well, let's go eat now or something. It's like, well, let's run this song like just just one or two more times, yeah. just this one. We need to tighten up this part on it or whatever, because I don't, I don't want to mess up on this part again. You know, or like I don't want this to happen again. I want to make sure that I know this because I don't want to look like a fool on stage. Mm-hmm. So I can understand that, like redeeming quality and then you nail it the next time in front of a whole bunch of people and they tell you like wow dude that was probably the tightest show i've seen you play or something like that Mm -hmm. and that feels better infinitely better than good job some kind of uh open-ended statement like hey man i was drinking beer and kind of paying attention it didn't sound bad you know basically you get that one a lot (laughs) yeah well i mean that's not that's not not something that's said say but it is what they mean yeah but then you have those people that really lock on and and whenever they tell you good job but you know it's different that it irks me sure kate um i think it's interesting there are a lot of different responses you can get from good job yeah. Because everyone is is going to take it in a different way. Like you said, um, there are people, myself included, who are their own worst critic and who can be so cruel about things. You know, and when you have that voice in your head that's already, you know, telling you, like, you need to do better, you got to do better. Um, to have someone else say that is like, you know, like, um, you know. I'm going to do better. <laughs> yeah, but, but, well, like, for me... It is, like, I need to hear good job, because that's going to yeah. be encouraging to me. Mm-hmm. And, and that makes me want to be better, but if someone's like, you suck, that's going to make me give up. A lot of people are the opposite, you know? Like, yeah. I know I had friends who who did photography at MTSU, and, you know, like, the teacher was very hard on them, and that made them do better. But if I would have been in their same situation, I probably would have been like, I can't do this, I can't yeah. do this. And it's just like there are a lot of different responses you can get to yeah. to that. Um, let, me, let me go back. I don't really yeah. hate it if anybody tells me a good job, but if <coughs> I knew that I did a bad job. And it just kind of bugs me. It's not like yeah, I, I hate it. Yeah, well, but, yeah, and I also but like if, if the, someone yeah. says that or they're like, hey, good job. And I don't feel like I did a good job. Mm. I feel even worse. I yeah. Think that might be what you're but saying. if I did a good job and I felt like I did a good job, even if they were only halfway paying attention and they're like, good job, that is a great feeling. You know, that yeah. is really ultimately rewarding. And it's like, I did do a good job. I feel good about it. And you told me that. So that makes me feel better about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think, you know, in that situation, because to me, the most brilliant part of the movie is right before the chairs are getting thrown and the slaps are happening and all that stuff where he's like, not quite my tempo. 
let's go again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And around that fourth time, I'm getting stressed out. Yeah. Because I'm like, I see myself in that kid right oh, now. And you're just I've so nervous. Oh, yeah. I did mid-state band, and I've, I've been that person who was holding everybody up. Yep. And when he started, when he was like, Five, six, seven. I, I would start like tapping my foot, and I'm yeah. like, uh, I'm, I'm off tempo too. Yeah. I can't do it. And, and I'm like, I don't, you know, because that's, that's how I watch movies. I think that's how a lot of people watch movies. Yeah. How, what would I do in this situation? When he was like, are you rushing or dragging? Mm-hmm. Would I just guess one? Would I say I don't know? Would I say I'm perfect? Would I, you know, yeah. what would you do in that situation? And ultimately, when it comes to good job or you suck, I think personally the only way i would improve from an exterior motivator would be i think you're pretty good but yeah um i can't i couldn't see myself reacting well to you suck because that doesn't mean anything yeah um and good job equally means nothing it makes me feel better but it doesn't mean anything it's not going to help me get any better so personally but then again i'm not a buddy rich you know i'm not ever going to be that you're a rich that's, buddy. That's do what I said. You're a rich buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and so if that if that if that is what that kid wants to be, maybe that's the kind of motivation he yeah. has to have. I don't I was, know. I was gonna say so I feel like stuff like that with people saying things. It's always like situational, circumstantial. Because like like I I'll, I have a couple students and like I'll tell one kid one thing. And I can tell, well, I can tell two kids the same thing and they interpret it completely differently. One kid's like, oh man, that's so inspirational. The other kid's like, oh man, I want to quit. And I'm just like, (laughs) like it's, you know, it, it really depends on the person. I mean, because it's when people tell me I'm stuck, I'm like, all right, yeah, I know. It's terrible. Mm, Working on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do better next time. But, um, it yeah i i totally think it's it's completely circumstantial so, you you were talking about like watching the movie and, and tensing up whenever those long drawn out scenes of like well i'm going to make this kid uncomfortable i'm going to push him real hard like yeah. and it made you uncomfortable too uh in your brain there's something called mirror neurons and it's basically like whenever Uh-oh. whenever you watch <laughs> somebody yeah, yeah. yeah whenever you watch somebody experience something you actually, uh, the same part of your brain lights up like you're experiencing it too. Like it's like you. That's why if mm-hmm. like you if you watch some like you watch football and somebody gets tackled really hard and it's like, Ugh! or you watch okay. a you watch a really sad movie and and the person's husband or wife dies, you know, in a really sad tragic way, or like, and you cry. Or it's like because you were that person. It's because you were that person while you were watching the movie and stuff. You were that person. I mean, or it's like when a football hits an old man in the groin. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, you feel it. I mean, like you literally, it's it's barely there, but it's mirror neurons. It's like really slight activations, and you're living out that experience. And I feel like whenever uh, you are in a competition mindset, like they're in in this movie, where it's like, if I don't do good enough, then this other person's going to play like right behind me. You know, uh, especially coming up, and and whenever you don't know like people in other bands or something. Uh, sometimes you walk in and there's that feeling of like, I wonder how good this guy is or something like that. And I hate that. I hate that about about music, like competition stuff. I really hate playing Battle of the Bands just because of that because all those bands are always really good. And I'm like, oh, where can I get your CD or something? And I hope they like my music like that, but I'm I'm totally not really like that. But I can think about like, wow, this person seems like really cold and they're not talking or something mm-hmm. like. And you can tell like if they do some kind of crazy role, they're kind of glare at you. Like some yeah. people take it 
take it that way where it's like I'm better, I'm better. It's like, ah, I'm happy with where I'm at. I think I'm pretty good. I enjoy what I play, and I hope you do too. And some people are not like that at all. True. You you saying that makes me think of that line where he's like, music competition, isn't that subjective? And he's yeah. like, no. No. It's yeah. Just straight up, like, no. There was no more discussion on that. And I was like, interesting. Yeah. Because doing doing marching band, me and Sean know that it's it sometimes it does feel very subjective. It is. Yeah. But I mean, because you got to think like some of the. I mean, not everybody listens to jazz, and jazz sounds like noise to most people. Mm. Whereas you know, like someone with an ear can be like, "Oh, well, that jazz is awesome." And he said when he brought up that line talking about like Starbucks jazz, like I knew mm. exactly what he's talking about because I was like, "Yeah, it all sounds really watered down and not good." So I knew what yeah. he's talking about, so I could definitely say for me in a sense that when i was in band i guess you could say it's subjective but jazz is different because like there is a right and wrong way to play jazz so, mm-hmm. so wait. A- another point to what you were saying about the brain activity mm-hmm. when you you know essentially like a sympathetic reaction to somebody yeah, else's exactly. emotion that is one thing that i did feel was lacking from the movie in that when he was getting chewed out, slapped, all that stuff, yeah. you did not. You saw like one reaction from another band member, and to me, the whole time I'm, th- you're getting these very close-up shots of Fletcher and Andrew, and it's just like, well, how are the other people reacting? They were they were frozen, dude. They, they didn't were, even there, look there up. Was a few they were scared to death. You know, they're all they're all like, oh my god, at least it's happening to there him were, and not me. There's a like, few like that, but the part where I missed it the most was the drum solo at the end. If I'm in that band, I'm thinking, why the hell yeah, is, is this, this happening? kid playing a 10-minute drum solo well, at if you, my show? The bass player, the stand-up bass player, that like whenever he really got going, he just kind of, you could tell he like, kind of set his bass to the side and was just like standing there with his mouth wide open. Mm-hmm. You know, like, whoa. But then, but then JK, uh, that guy came up and... You know, was, and he was like, you know, I'll I'll lead you in or something mm-hmm. like that, and I'll he was like you. pushing him, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Well, then it showed the the bass guy, and then he started getting ready because I guess he overheard that or mm-hmm. something. So it seemed like they were react. I mean, what would you do other well, than well, like see how I'm it plays out? I, what I missed was what their reaction. Like, oh yeah, it should have showed them. You more. didn't see the audience. You saw Paul mm-hmm. Reiser, who seems wasted in this movie. Yeah. not not drunk, <laughs> but he seems. Okay. He's there, but like he didn't seem like he was really in the role. I don't know how to put it. Paul Reiser, the guy from Mad About You? Yes. Oh, dad. dad. Yeah, I mean, he was just kind of sprinkled in there. It was just kind of like an extra like, oh, here's this guy that really unconditionally loves him, and he can have all this, but he wants this douchebag that's going to push him real hard because he wants to be good, you know? But that's what I'm saying. Let's go home, you know, and he just turns around and walks back on stage. You get one reaction from Paul Reiser, a very quick one. Yeah. And you get nothing from the audience. Uh-huh. You don't see what, how the audience is reacting to this. Again, I I like a drum solo, but I play drums. Mm-hmm. So to me, I would. There's part of me that was just like, wants that reaction of a person like, why is this drum solo being played right now? Like, the, and or the band, like the trumpet player being like, because well, to me that would be my reaction. If I play again, if I play in this band and this kid 
who I've never even played with before, apparently, yeah. is playing the super long drum solo, and my instructor's over there, like, egging him on. I'm like, yeah. what is going on here? Why is this happening? Well, I feel like the director, cinematography, and stuff was more just like, it's these two people. You know, the audience was blacked out, you know, and even, like, the spotlight came on uh, him whenever he took off his jacket, like uh, J.K. Mm-hmm. Simmons' character, and it was just like, he kept going you know the drums the lights went down and it was just and then so the people in the that were running the lighting were probably like oh put put the lights on the drums we're missing a cue or something mm-hmm. and it was just those two on stage it was like battle of these two like is he gonna be good enough is he gonna be good enough and then like oh he's i felt like almost jk simmons was trying to take his power away whenever he started like trying to tell him like oh yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. you know like yeah, yeah. i'm still a part of this too don't forget mm-hmm. you know um all the uh, I feel like all the the DVD based stuff is gonna have B roll of just everyone's facial reactions. Just possibly, <laughs> just, yeah. that would be awesome. They'll hear this podcast and be like, Cameron wanted to see it. <laughs> put it in. Um, as far as like what he was talking about when he was uh, using you know gestures during the drum solo, I I knew what he was doing as far as like. Um, he was like, "Oh yeah, this kid. He's he's into it. He's doing that thing because a jazz drum solo is literally like, it comes from like some some place musically that you have to like. I don't know. It's yeah. like you don't you don't you don't write out a jazz no. solo. You just play it. Like yes. and, and he was trying to give him direction, like as far as like the way to bring it back in because it's. I mean, it. You know, when he was telling him to tone it down, like there's always that section where you." you get quiet with it yeah. and it comes right back up and I was just like oh well that's cool you know I, I understood that but but um, I was gonna say this because we were talking about fantastical stuff and I didn't get to like mention this this bugged me throughout the entire movie especially <laughs> when they started doing the solos whenever he plays the drums you can and maybe it's just me you can always tell when it's an actual drummer like yeah. like the swing sitch I mean the scene switch the hands like I would just be like why is that guy's hand so veiny and then, like, you can switch back to his hands. And, like, they're, like, baby soft. I'm like... <laughs> yeah. In the IMDb page, apparently he had... I don't know if they had a switch-out drummer or what, but he, he'd been playing since he was 15, but it said he was playing for, like, four hours. He did... He was preparing for the role, yeah. but as... Whether there were, like, stunt hands well, in there, Well, it know. seemed like whenever he would be doing some crazy diddly hard thing <laughs> crazy it dizzies. just looked like he was going real fast there, you know just doing were, like rolls but it, it didn't look like the rolls matched up but then there were some of those above view things and you could i didn't i didn't pay attention as close like oh to the veiny hands or something but i did i was like that looks like the back of somebody's head that's not yeah. the same yeah, I was guy. Trying to yeah. tell if it was the same but i mean you know like the shot was maybe designed so that i mean like like the above shot of the person playing like yeah it totally been somebody else yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's the but I'm pretty sure the above shots were someone else because when you look at like like the way like his 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 fulcrum and I know I'm like using a lot of like drum talk so anybody who doesn't know what a fulcrum is it's the then you won't catch that mistake yeah. <laughs> um, like, this movie's gonna be easier to yeah. watch <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's there were like little minute things and you know you have I feel like seasoned drummers would like be able to point all that stuff yeah. out and like that's not him playing that right now it's you know. Like, yeah, I, I, it was the most glaring at cymbal crashes. Oh yes, yes. You'd be like, I heard a cymbal crash and I didn't see it, or vice right. versa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's like the one thing that like really bugged me. I just wish. But now J.K. Simmons could play a mean piano because it zoomed right on oh, in on yeah, his body like with his hands, and yeah, and he was playing it, it was clean. CGI. 
Yeah, <laughs> I w- that's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe they like morph somebody else's arms onto his. But I was, I was really trying to look really close. If they did, they did a beautiful job. I mean, <laughs> the creep factor in this movie: J.K. Simmons's biceps. Mm. I was freaked out just in general by the his upper. He's always had that man. Go check yeah. out those his episodes of outfit. Oz. Black t-shirt tucked into black pants all the time. Mm-hmm. Occasionally a black blazer. I was like, that is the perfect outfit for this character. For just the oh jazz yeah. jerk. He was yeah. doing his best Lex Luthor impression. Yeah. That's the entire movie. <laughs> Very much. Uh, well, guys, I think we're we're pretty much wrapping up on this. I'm going to consult my little notes thing and make sure. What about the yeah. ending? Like the the like hooray for mental abuse. It works. Yes, we do need to address the ending. Um, I don't even know where to begin with it. Because like, I mean, it's like, how do you take that? Like, you feel good for the kid. Like, oh, he he did it. He he made it. But then it's like, I wonder what the future is going to hold for him. I wonder if he's going to kill himself in three weeks whenever this guy hates him again. You know, like yes, because it is proven that. I mean, this guy's behavior, even if it didn't lead to the that one guy's suicide, the trumpet player. Yeah. Um, it's proven that he th- thought maybe it did because he lied about it. Yeah, you know he t- he's he says earlier in the, just to explain if y'all don't the audience yeah, know what yeah, we're talking yeah, about exactly. he says that the he died in a car accident mm-hmm. when in mm-hmm. fact he hung himself supposedly because of you know uh, abusive post traumatic stress disorder yeah, and stuff from yeah. from being in the band I mean that's what they were like he's got anxiety and it's like they're listing all these uh, insomnia anxiety all these uh, trademark things that happen with. Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. and the, the guy kills himself it's the same thing that happens to a lot of people in the military or, or people that have uh, been abused as children and stuff like that some people uh, after they reach a certain point um, their head changes their chemicals change and like through therapy and stuff they can reverse it medicine reverses it immediately but the whole thing is is like all the side effects and uh, the medicine if you stop taking it, your brain chemistry immediately goes back to the way it was. But it's been proven, like, talking about it and, like, going to a psychotherapist or a psychologist or something changes your brain chemistry in the exact same way the medicine does. It just takes a while. You literally learn how to rewire your head to cope with stuff. There was, I'd say with a lot of that, though, one of the, I don't know if you'd call it a trope, but one of the things that, like, they captured really well with that film is the awkwardness and like of musicians like especially like young musicians yeah. i mean like like you gotta like i from you know all personally speaking um there is a time and point where you're playing your instrument there you're, you're fledgling and you get out into like the open world to show people your talents where you're just sort of like oh man i'm like super awkward around everybody <laughs> i don't yeah. know how to like react socially you know like it's people yell at me so i get like super emotional about stuff like i feel like they captured that element super well because like i can identify with that i used to be that guy like i playing your first show and getting the jitters and how old were you whenever you played your first show uh it was for a fundraiser i was like um i was 17 the first real show yeah but i mean like i've played like church stuff but that's an that's an awkward stage to be in anyways yeah <laughs> always man but it's that that element as far as like back going back to like what that the guy you know hanging himself you know i feel like you know with an with jk simmons being as intense as he is like everything sort of just fit as far as like the way that happened you know it's i don't know that's that's sort of my yeah at at the beginning of the movie i thought andrew 
seemed like really you know he was kind of cute and like like shy a little bit when he asked that girl out mm-hmm. and then yeah and then as he's going through this class it gets to the dinner where they have the discussion and he's all like you know kind of well you know the way he was talking it was kind of you know, a little bit rude Sure. And Nobody then it just went on, and he's telling yeah. the girl, he's like, yeah, I just can't, like, I can't hang out with you, even though I asked you out, and I thought you were cool, but now I'm, like, totally going the other way, so get out of my life. Mm-hmm. It's like, once he started that, uh, you know, like, he started to change. Sure. He's going I over felt, to the dark like he side. Was, he was taking, exactly, he was... Uh, Fletcher was the Emperor Palpatine Dude, movie. I totally thought he was Darth like Darth Vader, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Come um, to the dark side. So... Yeah, I feel like he just starts taking on more and more attributes of mm-hmm. that character, and that just—I mean—they really made a point of showing that. I think, mm-hmm. especially with the dinner scene. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and just going back to the ending, I mean, I still don't quite know what to make of it. Whether, and that's good. I—I I like that. Yeah. Um, but it's like Fletcher kind of got his comeuppance, but kind of didn't because yeah. he never yeah. apologized. He never apologizes, no. and in fact, he's know. going to keep going on that path. Yeah. Of, like, nothing's going to get in the way of me helping. Even you aren't going to get in the way yeah. of me. At least I tried. Of, of me making you the next Charlie Parker yeah. of drums or whatever. Well, he said, he said, like, nobody has that. And, you know, this is the best way I know how to. And at least I've tried. He's like, it, it may be wrong in some people's eyes, but this is how I push to have this. But I've never had that. Mm hmm. But at least I've tried. You know, he just yeah, wanted yeah. he just wanted to be like able to say he produced one of the the best. Like, be, I guess that would put him as like Some one of the best teachers. Yeah, it's totally student. totally egotistical. Yeah, I made that. That's my creation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. There's part of me that's like, well, you know, of course this is all fictitious, but you're like, I I hope he becomes a a great drummer, but keeping that in perspective with. Be, being really great at something oh, yeah. doesn't because I keep thinking about Buddy Rich. I'm a big Buddy Rich fan. I love watching those solos. And when he did the you know like single stroke slow down thing, that's just like straight up Buddy Rich. Yeah. You mm-hmm. mentioned Max Roach earlier. Oh, One dude. of my first dude jazz records was Rich versus Roach, which is a like drum battle. It's album. it's like a if you're a drummer and you don't own it, you need to like yeah it's, yeah. So, but Buddy Rich was a. Uh, like documented miserable horrible person yeah like just a jerk and so it makes you wonder like if you're the greatest drummer in the world there's not really any question about it because there wasn't um gene krupa says you're the greatest drummer to ever draw breath which he did um and you're still like have all that anger inside you and it's like what is any of what's it worth worth? well um people that are creative have been shown to be more typically like depressed and stuff because your right frontal lobe that has to do with like all your negative emotional aspects and like how you perceive things negatively it activates uh just because it's turned on like there's this part where like your brains activate opposite sides and because your sadness stuff is turned on your creativity part turns on Mm -hmm. and your in your left hemisphere and um who knows where that starts maybe you're creative and you're depressed i don't think it's like that i almost feel like you know you have this depression this stuff that you lived with and it turns on your creativity because you're trying to find an outlet to get that depression out 
You know, some people do it healthily, and some people dwell in it and use it as like uh, the old Indian saying, like which which dog will win inside me? You know, these two dogs fighting, one's yeah. good, one's evil. Uh, whichever one you feed the most, sure. you know. So it can go as something. I know for me, it's been a great outlet. You know, like if I have had a bad day or something, I can just go well on the drums for a while and feel instantly better. Oh yeah. But it's a source of release rather than a source yeah. of stress. But, but maybe it builds up. Because, I mean, think about like whenever you go a long time without playing the drums. I know for me personally, if I, I go, it, it's like you're underwater and you can't catch a breath or something. Right. It's like you're drowning slowly. It's that, that whole part in the movie where he's like puts his drums up and he's like trying to go around and be like, a, I guess you could say a normal person. Like you can like see like the frustration in him like of not, you know, not playing, not doing yeah. anything. And then sure. it like... It, he takes it out through people because he doesn't know how to express himself with people. I mean, you got to think. There's all sorts of musicians that when they play their instrument, it's like they're talking to you. Like it's yeah. like they're having a conversation with you. And, and I think it also it explores the idea of that music, you know, being simultaneously a release and the and the source of your anxiety and frustration. Because to me, you know, I've definitely had times where I'm just like. I don't want to play anymore because yeah. I can't do what I want to do. And, you know, that's just that. I wasn't born, I wasn't made to do this. I wasn't born to do this. So it's time to just stop. Hang it up. So that that's, it's interesting. It's a double-edged sword. It's like any other hobby, I guess, yeah. because you can get totally frustrated and, yeah, people get, and then it's like, well, the frustration and anxiety I was trying to cure by doing this mm-hmm. is now more. Yeah. It's just being multiplied. Yeah. So, mm. Um, I guess we'll go with closing thoughts on this because I feel like we pretty well exhausted it. Um, I'd say overall, um, that movie is for any person who is a musician or a drummer, especially a percussionist. Um, it definitely is a hits close to home type of movie. Um, sure, it definitely like brings nostalgia as far as like mm-hmm. just music in general um i'd say that you know like for anyone who's interested in music or or just loves music and like just see the movie it's amazing like uh, it's uh, this despite all the little intricacies the movie's awesome like that's just my opinion too. agreed <laughs> <laughs> no um <laughs> I thought it. I thought it was really good too. But like, yeah, if you're a musician, go see it with your musician friends and do like we're doing and talk about it with them because just that identification, like that was me at one point, practicing like crazy and being super driven. Even if you're not at that stage in your life, it's like, it, like you said, the nostalgia. It's just it feels good. It feels good to watch it and be like, ah, I totally relate to this. And you know, it would translate to like a p- a piano player or like a guitarist sure. or something like or that. Or just, I mean, really anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just building toy planes of, and flying them. I mean, that's I mean, a thing. That's I think serious. a lot of people have had that thought of, I want to be the best at this thing. Yeah. And especially, it's just like I feel like culturally, we're taught, even if it's implied that if you're not the best, then don't bother. So right. there's like that drive to be the best and if you can't be the best then time to find something else mm-hmm. that kind of thing and which is awful i don't i don't mean to promote don't, that but, don't listen to him but i think <laughs> you sometimes you inevitably feel that way regardless of what field you're in and therefore a lot of people can relate to this yeah so. All right. it's capitalism <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> that's another podcast yeah <laughs> um thank you for the neuroscience um 
yes. this podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's something I, I enjoy. That was. That was, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I I would have liked this movie whether I was a musician or not, honestly. Um, because it's like it's like we've said, there's a lot of things that can apply to. Yeah. Um, and I had one little thing with it. Okay, it looked like the way it was filmed. It almost looked like like a European movie. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, oh, I, can yeah, I can see that. Like, I don't know what the, was it a weird frame rate or something like that? No, like, I think just, it was I'm just like, the colors. Look JK, JK wearing that black outfit looked like a mom without the face paint. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, what it was. That. But, but I guess I'm, I'm totally talking about this from like the standpoint of like the way that it looked to me as mm-hmm. like a person who sees video often you know, like you know edits and stuff sure like the frame rate looked not 24 to mm. me i was almost like is this in 30 because i don't think it was but there are a lot of movies that i've seen like foreign movies i'm like i feel like anyone could speak french at any moment yeah just like based on the way this looks to me visually mm, that's interesting i thought it was the clothes though more or less that gave it the french mm. feel yeah just personally everybody wearing those little tuxedos all the time and then <laughs> and then him wearing all the all black like the real tight and the way he had his chest puffed out mm. it just made me think oh this guy's a french guy like yeah. i totally got that that feeling well, for some the, reason i think something common with french cinema and endings is a well, what do i do with this yeah um so at least in that oh, regard yeah. it did it did have kind of a European feel because it was it was French films I've heard described as uh, a slice of life rather than a story with a beginning, middle, and yeah. end. It's like it ends and you're like, uh, uh, "What's going to happen next?" You walk out of the theater going, uh, <gasps> "And you're still like, uh." Oh. Uh, um, sorry, I was I just looked up the director. His name's Damien Chazelle, and I was like, "Oh, oh my god, he's French!" But I don't know if <laughs> shout he out is. to Damien. <laughs> yeah. What um, I do? Nice, born in Rhode Island. Never mind. Oh, well. <laughs> um, he's got that blood in him, though. Yeah, um, yeah that and did, Rhode Island s- blood. We said it was filmed in nineteen days. In nineteen days. Oh, it was shot, edited, and it was That's basically awesome. completed in ten weeks. That's crazy. From beginning to end. That is nuts. It That's is awesome. Crazy. Quick turnaround there. Oh yeah. Well, but they didn't have any like crazy action scenes other than the car. You know, and and Mm -hmm. that could have been done fairly easily, I guess, comparatively to like some crazy movie with a giant budget that has months and months of prep time and stuff Mm -hmm. because they have all these, we're going to fight as they drive down the street in a house on, you know, an 18 wheeler and then they're going to jump on a car. That's a great idea. I'm going to make this movie. Like somebody's moving a house and they fight in the house on the road. I feel like it's a wide load. That's never been done before. No, no, no. That's that's been done, I think. It was in in Lethal Weapon. That was Sarchasm. Oh. It's been done, I think, in several movies. Okay, Okay. well, I've never seen it. Several. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephanie, do you have any closing thoughts? (laughs) Next week, Lord of the Rings. And ask that? (laughs) Well, they can't hear you over there. The listening audience. We hope it's more Big than brother. one person. <laughs> when are we going to discuss Lord of the Rings? Uh, maybe when the next Hobbit movie comes out. That's the Hobbit, not the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Okay, you have a point. You have a point. Well, you have to make Mike watch the other ones. Mike, by the way, if you're wondering, is out of town this week. And um, 
We should punch him in the face when we he gets back. He's also not a drummer, so he's stupid. Wow. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, just music in general, teach your kids music. There's plenty of studies that show that if you play music, it makes you better at like everything in life. Mm-hmm. Um, my last proposal as we close out here is that we start a band, all yep. drums, and we name it that. Uh, what is the the chemical or whatever that makes you f- sympathize? Mirror uh, neurons. Yeah, you're talking about like the mirror neurons. So, uh, yeah, like, so we're the mirror neurons, is what I'm getting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say that five times fast. Mirror neur- I thought you were saying Mjolnir, like Thor's no. name. Mjolnir. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was like, that's a different kind of nerd talk we do. Yeah, those aren't, those. but they're not neurotransmitters. They're actually the neurons that are in your brain and the uh, part of your brain that senses like feelings. Like if mm. your skin gets touched or something, like they're receiving into your brain. Sure. Dude, AP Magazine did a, they did a whole, um, section about how they talked about drummers think completely differently oh yeah I've, i haven't read this but i've, it's, I have heard it's it. a pretty awesome yeah, article because it, it pretty much hits the nail on the head so. so i'm hoping this has found its way to some other drummers out there so if this is you uh keep practicing that single stroke roll yeah. um for we're gonna need a bigger show this has been kate hello <laughs> goodbye quinton sean dale and i've been cameron b childs thanks for listening have a good evening Bye. 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 Bye.